We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more about House Bill 2077, a simple bill that just gives taxpayers the right to see what curriculum is being taught in the schools that you pay for, to give parents the right to see what their children are being taught in biology, sociology, psychology, and history classes. That's it. That's all this bill does. But yet it was voted down and went down in flames. They don't want you to know what they're teaching your kids. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. So today's program focuses on House Bill 2022 again. House Bill 2022 here in the state of Oklahoma. A bill for curriculum transparency. A bill that merely provides a portal for parents and other taxpayers to go and see, actually see, and be able to read the curriculum that's being used in your local school, schools that you're paying for with your tax dollars. That's all the bill does. HB 2022 is merely a school transparency bill. It provides a portal, a website, if you will, where you can go and you can click on the books that are being used in a given class, or the library material that's available to all of the students, or maybe material that's actually being assigned. You know, the ancillary material outside of the textbook that's being assigned in a given class for your kids to read. And when I say your kids, I don't just mean your biological children. I mean your community's kids, your state's kids, the kids that will be the next leaders within your given communities, the kids that are being taught by your tax dollars. I said yesterday that 50% of taxes in Oklahoma go to pay for education. Who's money is that? It's your money. It's not the government's money. It's your money. You're paying taxes so that schools can do a good job in teaching up a next generation of citizens that will defend the freedom of the United States of America. That's why we have public schools. Do you realize that? We pay for public schools so that we can educate a society of civil people, citizens who understand the basic tenets of our culture, of our country, of America, of freedom. And if you're not teaching that, then why are we paying for it? Why do we have public schools if we're not teaching our progeny to be good citizens, to understand the facts of history, the facts of biology, the facts of business, the facts of physiology, DNA, the facts of English, how to use pronouns properly, that there's good grammar and there's bad grammar. I mean, this is what education is for, right? Can't we agree on that? that the point of education is to teach the next generation of leaders how to read and how to write, how to communicate, how to talk, that women are real, likewise are men, that biology matters, and the facts don't care about your feelings, and that the United States has a factual history. And as all nations, our history is laden with some blemishes, but it also has some very clear premises, priorities, our ultimate goods that we stand for as a country, and that Every country has definition. Every country has borders. Every country has a constitution. Every country has a, a specific identity. And that 
identity is exceptional because there's no other country like it. There's, there's only one Spain, there's only one France, there's only one Great Britain, there's only one Canada and Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, etc. There's only one United States of America, and the USA is not Mexico. It's not Denmark. It's not Finland. It's not Russia. It's not Red China. Do you get my point? Every country is exceptional. It's either exceptionally bad or exceptionally good, or it's exceptionally moderate. It's mush. It's exceptional for its indistinction. Well, what are we, and what are we teaching our kids? Ideas have consequences. What we teach in the classroom will be practiced tomorrow in our culture. You've heard me say that a thousand times over on this show. Abraham Lincoln made it clear that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. Even despots, evil people, like Adolf Hitler, recognize that if you can control the textbooks, you will control the state, the entire country. Ideas have consequences. So today's show is on that very fact again, that education matters. And after we take a break, I'm going to play a couple audio clips again. I'm going to start out with one from Representative Bennett, a Democrat down in the Oklahoma City area. Actually, a young man that grew up here in Bartlesville. So he was raised in a conservative community, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And he now is voting against your right, the parents' rights, the citizens' rights of Bartlesville and everybody else across the state to have access to the textbooks, to the library books, and to the videos, the curriculum that's being used to instruct the students of Bartlesville or any place else for that matter. Bennett voted against your right to do that, to have access to those things via this portal. And so did Judge Strom, the representative up here north, northwest of Dewey, Oklahoma. So did 24 other people. The vote was 24 no and only eight yeses to pass this bill. Therefore, it failed to even get out of a committee. This should stun you. They are boldly telling you that they don't want you to know what's being taught in our schools because it might, quote-unquote, get you all riled up. That's a direct quote from Representative Bennett. After we take a break, I'm going to play it for you. I'll let you listen to it. You decide. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is A Rebellion. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. 
proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. I said that after we took the break, I'd play this audio clip of Representative Bennett asking questions on the floor to Representative Caldwell. This is in the Appropriations Committee, the Appropriations and Budget Committee, where they're talking about the various different bills as to whether or not they should be heard by the entire House and voted upon. These discussions take place in various different committees, and the committee then votes as to whether or not to move it forward to a vote of the entire House of Representatives. And this committee voted 24 no and only eight yeses to move this bill, this bill forward. And again, as I read it to you yesterday, you know what the bill calls for. I'm going to read it to you again. Here's what the bill actually says. The State Department of Education shall establish or contract with a private company to establish an online transparency portal. The portal shall be an online tool to support parental rights to access, review, and comment upon curriculum, instructional materials, textbooks, and library materials being used by the school district where their child attends school and which their child might be exposed to without prior parental knowledge or consent. That's the opening paragraph. I read read it directly from the government website. And then it says this, The online transparency portal shall include, at a minimum, a simple, universally accessible website that allows the user to search for, display, and review and comment on materials available to the user's child at the school district. Materials include, but are not limited to, textbooks, library books, classroom instructional materials, including but not limited to student activities, instructions, lesson plans, small group instruction, independent reading or viewing materials, videos, and handouts. Now there's more, but that's the meat of the proposal. What's wrong with that? Who in their right mind would stand against that? Even if you're left of center, why would you be opposed to a portal being created by the schools that you pay for to allow you to have access to your kids' materials so you can help your kid learn better. You would know what the textbook says, and you would be able to help explain that textbook to your child so your child could perform better in school. Whether it be a textbook on uh, business, whether it be a textbook on history, whether it be a textbook on biology, psychology, physiology, it doesn't matter. Why would you not want to have access to that material? And you say, well, uh, the kid can just bring the textbook home. Well, maybe, but wouldn't it be easier for the parent to engage? Wouldn't it facilitate learning if the parent could actually go through the textbook on his own time or her own time, the father or mother's own time, review the textbook online, highlight some things, copy and paste excerpts so that you could help explain the material to your child, material that you might find difficult, confusing, stretching intellectually. Wouldn't you want to be engaged in your child's education? And who would discourage that? Who would not want parent involvement? And if it's a video that's been assigned or a website of material information, a website pertaining to, oh, let's just say uh, sexual health, who wouldn't want parental involvement in that important discussion on how to keep children healthy? Help them avoid sexually transmitted diseases, for example, STDs. Why wouldn't your local schools want you to participate in that noble effort of keeping kids healthy, helping them 
respect other individuals, for example, other human beings, as kids sexually mature through high school years. Why, why wouldn't people want parents to be involved in this? Well, one of the reasons they don't want you to be involved in it is because, I guess, more information will cause more problems, and it will get you all riled up. Now, I didn't make those words up. That comes directly from Representative Bennett when he was asking questions of the sponsor of this bill in the Appropriations and Budget, Budget Committee discussions just this week. Listen to this. Representative Bennett, recognize question on the bill. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Okay, so, Representative, the stated purpose of this is to better facilitate uh, conversations between teachers and parents about the curriculum that their students are, are, are consuming. Is that correct? I would say it's better to facilitate communication between um, parents, community members, um, people that are interested. I mean, I think anybody who's been paying attention the last... I'm going to say three years. Um, we've certainly seen an increase in these type of um, uh, conversations and, and interest in this in curriculum um, increase exponentially. Um, so no matter on what side of the camp you're on, um, I tried to fashion this as a somewhat of a middle-of-the-road type process because otherwise we're going to continue to keep coming back and have these type of conversations. And if we don't sit there and provide some access, I think my fear is that you're going to come up with something that's going to end up being a lot more restrictive. Um, so we've tried to find something, I think here, um, I've tried to find something that is um, just simply gains access. I think um, hopefully you would agree that more information is going to provide um, better conversations. You recognize for follow-up? Yeah, the problem is we have more access to information than we've ever had before. And our society seems more resistant to actually consuming facts than ever before. And so my fear here, and I wonder if you agree, is that what we're actually creating is an yet another avenue for people to, even though the facts will be right there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning a book the, the, the front of which, the, you know, the cover of which is, is shown on this website. And then people comment about it and they start talking about what's in it without knowing what's in it. And then we've got, we're ginned up with, with anger and frustration. And this provides an opportunity for parents and other community members who actually don't have a child in the school to get riled up, organized, and show up at school and disrupt it, uh, disrupt learning. So to your point, I do think there are two sides of the coin here, people who want kids to get educated and people who want to politicize it. And my, my fear is, despite best intentions, this is sending us further in the wrong direction. Do you yeah. agree? No, I wouldn't even come close to agreeing with that. Okay, so there you have it. Representative Bennett asks Chad Caldwell, the sponsor of this bill, HB 2022, the purpose of the bill is to help parents better communicate, better understand what their children are being taught. Is that correct? And Caldwell says yes. And then Bennett goes on to say why he finds that problematic, why that's a negative rather than a positive. And as you heard him say, I mean, let's just cut to the chase. What he just said is more information, more facts. We've got enough facts already, and those facts are causing problems because people go online and they see a book and they're too stupid, he suggests, to, to actually read the book. They just look at the book's cover, and they judge the book by the cover, and they stir up problems for everybody else. So we've got to stop these stupid parents, these poorly informed parents, these conservative parents, that are disturbed by a book that apparently is promoting anal and oral sex between men, for example. 
uh, or adult men and young boys, as is the case in Genderqueer, Miaya Kababi's Genderqueer. I've told, talked to you before about that particular book. It's a graphic book that has pictures of very explicit sexual activities, and one of them is an adult man giving oral sex to a minor. I'm sorry to be so specific on this show, but you need to understand what we're talking about here. They don't want you to see that. They don't want you to see that cover. They don't want you to see that genderqueer is being taught in your local school or that it's available in your local library because you've listened to people like me or you've gone and you have actually opened the book and you know what's there and you don't need to do it again because when you see the cover and you see that it's being promoted in your local school, you don't have to read it twice or three times or four times. In fact, you prefer not to because you know you feel like you need to go take a a moral shower, a cognitive shower to get that garbage out of your mind after you read this material. And if you feel that way, then what in the world does your 14-year-old boy or girl feel like? Or even younger, for that matter. That's what we're talking about here. So, too much information. It's going to get you all riled up. You're going to get all riled up when you see that kind of stuff, that particular book in the curriculum at your local school. Or how about Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eyes? a book that has a full-page salacious description of incestuous sex, a father raping his daughter. Again, you can go read that page. It's, it's not difficult to find. You can Google it. But they don't want to make it easier for you to do so. They don't want you to see that it's there. They don't want to provide the book itself so that you can flip through it and read it and see if reports like this one, stuff like what Piper says is actually true. They don't want you to be able to check that out, because that'll get you all riled up. How about history? The 1619 Project, which has been proven false by secular historians over and over again. It's terrible history. Even secular historians say that it's garbage. It's just not true. It's not factual. If the point of history is to tell the most accurate story possible of the things that preceded us, of times gone by, times past, If that's the point of history, then the 1619 Project is terrible history because it's false. There are many things endemic within the book that are just politically driven rather than factually driven. And that's a fact. But they don't want you to know that the 1619 Project is being taught. How about critical theory? Do they want you to know that critical theory is being taught? Oh, they might call it something else, but they'll talk about class conflict. They'll talk about intersectionality. They'll talk about oppression. They'll talk about trigger warnings and microaggressions. They'll talk about these things. These things will be in the curriculum that your students are actually digesting on a daily basis at your local school. They won't call it critical race theory because in the state of Oklahoma right now, you can't teach, you can't teach that one race is superior or inferior to another race. You can't teach that one sex is superior or inferior to another sex. You can't do that stuff. In the state of Oklahoma, legally, you're supposed to teach what Martin Luther King Jr. said, that we judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. But critical theory says the exact opposite. The theory of intersectionality, microaggressions, safe spaces, white privilege, Black Lives Matter. All of this stuff is predicated on critical theory, a neo-Marxist theory that raises the the Marxist fist and says, we shall crush our adversaries, class conflict, disruption, the dismantling of the nuclear family, 
Black Lives Matter in particular, specifically calls for that. It disparages patriarchy and the, and the nuclear family. That's bad. That's not good. Very, very bad. Is this stuff being taught in your local school? Well, they don't want you to know because it'll get you all stirred up, says Representative Bennett. How about if they're teaching in your local school that boys can enter into the girls' restrooms, that if a boy pretends he's a girl tomorrow, he can enter into the girls' restroom tomorrow, and if he decides the next day that he's a boy again, well, eh, that doesn't matter. That's what he is, because the subjective identity lunacy of our time is actually the greatest misogyny that our country has ever suffered. Women are degraded. They don't exist any longer. We've stolen their dignity, and we've stolen their very identity. Girls in your local public school literally do not exist as objective facts any longer. Are they teaching that in your local school? Are there books that promote this nonsense? Are there videos that promote it? How about uh, sexual health? What are they teaching in that area, in that discipline? Are they teaching things like they taught a few years ago at uh, Fox Ridge and Cherry Creek School Districts in Colorado, where I spoke to a couple parents who actually went to a portal that was being provided there? That school system actually provided a portal. And these, these parents actually went to the portal. But the thing they did there is they provided a different password for one portal for students and a, another password for parents. So the parents were seeing different things than the students were. But the two parents I talked to, a mother and a father, actually got their kid's password, their daughter's password. She was 14 years old. And they went to the portal that she could access, the pages on that portal that were available to her via that password. And they told me that within a couple clicks, they actually saw a video, not a cartoon, not a drawing, but an actual video of two real people, two men engaging in a homosexual act. That video was part of the curriculum the instructional material that was available at Fox Ridge and Cherry Creek school districts outside of Denver, Colorado. Interesting, huh? But they don't want you to know about that because it'll get you all riled up. How about English class and writing? How about those two disciplines? Are they teaching your students how to use pronouns properly? Does grammar matter? Or can you Butcher the English language by using plural pronouns to refer to a singular individual. And do you have to comply with somebody's subjective declaration that they are something they're not, and you've got to use a pronoun that's obviously not appropriate or pertinent to their particular gender? What are your students being taught when it comes to actual communication? Do words matter? Or, or are they so malleable and changeable and fungible that pronouns don't even mean anything any longer, that you can actually refer, and you're supposed to refer, to a singular individual with the pronouns of th they or them. It's ridiculous. How about uh, the difference between species? If students decide that they're a different species, that they're cats or dogs or goats, does the biological distinction and reality between species matter any longer? Or are students being taught that that's speciesism, that's, that, that's elevating homo sapiens above all other species, and that that's evil and bad. Are they being taught that in your local schools? If so, why don't they want you to know about it? Well, you know why? Because it'll get you all riled up. How about mathematics? 
Are your students being taught that two plus two is four? And that's a good thing. That's a real thing. It can't be changed. That it's as true as the law of gravity. You can't change it. You jump off a cliff, you will fall downward. You won't float upward. And if you add two plus two, it's four. It's not five. It's not seven. It's not three. Well, some schools are teaching that two plus two equals four is a product of white privilege. It's too objective. It's too hard and cold, absolute. And that that is a white way of thinking. I mean, these are ideas that are being perpetuated in your local schools. And Representative Bennett just told you very clearly that he thinks it's wrong for you to have more access to the facts as to what's being taught in your schools. You see, Representative Bennett grew up in Bartlesville. He knows what the economy of Bartlesville is driven by. He knows it's driven by fossil fuels, ConocoPhillips, Phillips 66, Chevron Research Center. He knows that the very economy, the financial well-being of Bartlesville as well as all of Oklahoma is driven by are managing the resources, stewarding the resources that God has given to us in terms of oil and gas. He knows that. Does he want you to know that your students are being taught that that's bad? And that everybody who believes in exploiting the resources that we have here in Oklahoma, all of the natural gas reserves that we now have, a supply that would fuel this entire country for 100 years, with clean energy called natural gas, the cleanest energy we have right now that is in abundant supply. Does he want you to know that your schools are teaching that that is very, very bad? You can't do that. That we've all got to get rid of our gas stoves, our gasoline-powered cars and trucks, and that we've all got to start riding bicycles and we've got to move into the inner city because living out in the country actually contributes to global warming and climate change. We're killing the earth because we're living out in the country. We need to move into Tulsa and Oklahoma City, smart cities, and then be tracked by our cell phones and have our behaviors relegated to the point where if we exceed a given number of miles in transit on a given week, we'll be fine for it. That our trucks and cars could actually be shut down. I'm not, that's not, that's not... Hypothetical, that's, that's a real possibility. Go read up on smart cities and what that means. Do, does he want you to know that they're teaching that ranchers are bad because they have all those cattle out there and all of that methane gas that those cattle are producing? You know, after all, after all cow flatulence is going to destroy the world in which we live. No, he doesn't want you to know that because that'll get you all riled up. This is the reality of the debate, and they're not afraid to say it any longer. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to have access to the books, to the textbooks, to the library material, or to the videos, because it will upset you. You'll get involved, and you might, might actually come to the school board meeting and disrupt their efforts to brainwash your kids. That's what his objection is all about. And I also want you to remember what Representative Goodwin said yesterday in the clip I played for you. The one thing they don't want you to know is that in their efforts to disparage the God of the Bible, they're creating a new God. It's not a secular institution that you're sending your kids to. 
It's a religious institution with a very specific God that they are demanding your students bow down and worship. Listen to these words of Representative Goodwin one more time. Uh, disturbing, to say the least, when we have, again, a state superintendent who does not want to have anything to do with diversity, equity, inclusion. DEI is in deity. Diversity, equity, inclusion is God. Thank you for your bait. Okay, so there you have it. There you have it. It's very disturbing, she says, this bill to give parents access to material, the curriculum, the books, the textbooks, the videos that are being taught in your local schools, being used to produce a new generation of citizens. Why is it disturbing? Because diversity, equity, and inclusion is God. They're not afraid to say it any longer. They have created their own God and they're going to demand that your schools teach your kids to worship that God. And that God is DEI. Diversity, division, equity, not equality, and inclusion that excludes you, the parent, from even being involved in your kids' education. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.